Welcome to Powered by Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. Today's episode, pendulum dowsing and tea leaf reading. Yay! Woohoo! Woohoo! Okay, well, how am I doing? I'm going to start with me, because it's all about me in this moment. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a new computer that we're working with today. Mm hmm. Very excited about this. It was a birthday slash tree. Tree? Birthday slash Christmas slash birthday slash Christmas slash birthday slash Christmas so on and so forth gift from a friend a gift for a while for a while <laughs> and we are trying it out for the first time today so super super excited about it yeah then there is my kitty cat Bichet who is my little gray kitty who's eight months old now mm-hmm and I don't know how much I shared last time or not but he had swallowed an earplug so Ooh. yeah, I don't know how much to go into about that as far as giving you past history on it because I don't remember what I told you the last time. Basically, he swallowed an earplug. I knew he did. I was 95% sure. And it's just one of those things where you have that little percentage you're not sure, but you are mm -hmm. sure. And then you take him to the vet after two days of waiting to see if he's going to pass it on his own or not and all this internet research. And... The vet finds, oh, x-ray after x-ray, we can't really see something. We're not sure. We mm. don't want to really commit to the fact that there might be something we saw, but. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and right now he's playing in the background. You can hear him. Obviously, he's doing okay. Anyway, he gave me a scare for a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And on the week and a half marker, he suddenly went into convulsions. I thought he was having some sort of an epileptic seizure. He mm -hmm. looked like he was having seizure. He was His whole body was freezing up. He was kind of like gagging, but I couldn't tell. And I was turning him upside down. I was turning him, you know, right side up. I was patting his back as if he were choking because I didn't know what was going on. I mm -hmm. stuck my finger down his throat. I tried everything. And then mm. I sort of had to like leave him for a second once I thought he was semi kind of like able to stand or sit upright on his own for half a second I went and got the carrier and called Sylvia in you know, my distress and mm -hmm. let me just say right here if you've ever had a best friend who is amazing it would be Sylvia oh because she came and to the rescue without question she showed up in her PJs <laughs> and was willing to be there no matter what she was going to willing to be you know calling into work if I needed to drive up an hour away to Corvallis to take my cat in mm -hmm. because I don't drive at night and of course this happened at night of course and the in-town local emergency vet wasn't accepting anybody because oh. well very sad to say they had their hands full with emergencies mm -hmm. but it was so frustrating because 
you know, there's nothing available. And if you've got a cat who's choking, mm-hmm. it's not going to make it up an hour away. Mm-mm. And certainly I couldn't drive that on my own with the cat choking the whole time. No. If it made it that long. Anyway, Sylvia was my rescue person. She came over. In the interim, I had gotten the cat carrier out. At some point or another, while I wasn't looking, he coughed up the earplug. Yeah, it was grody looking, it was nasty, it was all black, but it came out. Yeah, look at our Facebook page, you can see the grossness. I don't know, did I post it on Facebook? Wait a second. You did. I did post it on Facebook. You didn't post it on our website, but you did post it on your Facebook. Right, and in a group called Catalog. I've gotten a lot of responses from that. It's been very eye-opening for people. The earplug is not digestible. No. And it probably won't pass through if anybody ever has a question. Mm-hmm. Also, cats are particularly drawn to things that you've put in your ears. Yeah, they like the protein in the earwax. They smell it. Depending on your cat, they will go searching for it at any cost. Mm-hmm. I came home after bringing him home from being overnight at the vet, put him in the bedroom to be safe had put away the earplugs. On the nightstand, I had my earbuds to listen to my music at night, Mm -hmm. which were in a magnetically closed case. Somehow or another, he managed to open that case and he took the earbuds out, carried one of them to the bed and the other one somewhere else on the bed. But when I got in there, I only saw the one, couldn't find the other one. All I can say is I was just like, no, Oh my fucking God, not again. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I tore the bedroom apart. Thankfully, I found it. Yeah. But that's just a lesson to anybody out there who has cats. Cats that are particularly nosy about things. Mm-hmm. Just be careful of those things. Yes. Because they will find them. And if they're determined enough. They will eat them. They will eat them. It will get stuck. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we didn't have to go in for surgery, which was uh, really a godsend in my pocket because <laughs> mm-hmm. I spent so much money just trying to figure out what was wrong and, you know, had gotten so little for it, really, you know, yeah. in a sense. They did the best they could. Yeah. The only thing I will also say, on top of everything else, is that I asked for x-rays and then I had them do the barium test, which I guess is just a series of x-rays with a dye put through their system to see what's going through. What I would also recommend if anyone goes through this is to tell them, tell them to do a sonogram because it's more likely to show up on a sonogram. Mm. And I didn't know that at the time or I would have told them to do that. Yeah. Okay, enough about that. The other thing that's super exciting (laughs) that we just decided, so you guys are right on the forefront of hearing this, Sylvia and I have agreed to start start our own business. Yep, start a new business. Yes. We're doing this podcasting, Mm -hmm. and we are going to do something that I've really wanted to do, but quite honestly, I'm a bit chicken shit, and (laughs) she's been helping me anyway, and I kept saying, well, if you're already helping me, Mm -hmm. you should be part of this. So Mm -hmm. we are going to start doing our tarot readings online via either email or zoom or whatever we haven't figured out all the details yep it'll be zoom skype or otherwise we will bring our talents together Mm -hmm. we both have the tarot which i think we are both excellent at i have i have like 20 years of experience and sylvia has um i don't even know i've been 
playing around with tarot for years and years and years and years. Then I'm going to bring to the table something that's unique to me. Other people do it out there. I don't know how many people do it, but I'm going to be bringing the ohms to the table, which are Celtic tree oracle. And can I just say getting a Celtic tree oracle reading is amazing. Hmm. It, it really, I mean, it really laid out some important spiritual guidelines and gateways for me when you did that reading for me for my birthday. Aw, well, thank you. You're welcome. I have gotten a lot of good feedback on it, even though people aren't familiar with it. Mm-hmm. The trees are alive. I find that they are very communicative. Have you done your work with them? Mm-hmm. They are just a different experience entirely. I don't even know how to describe them, I guess. I really feel close to them. Mm. And I love doing them. And I need more practice. <laughs> I always, always need more practice, no matter whether it's tarot or ohms. It's just yeah. like, I always that's, need to that's do why more. It's, going, it's not just going to be a business. It's going to be a practice. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I bring that to the table as a little extra tidbit. And mm -hmm. what do you bring? I do tarot. I am focused on stories because stories are just the human experience as far as tarot goes. As far as otherwise, I also do I Ching readings, which are a lot different. Usually comes with two steps to it. It's just very different because it's very focused on what you can do and moving, changing things and being proactive in your life, which is what I really love about the I Ching. Mm. And what am I doing? Well, I just went to the dentist for the first time in goodness knows how long. Um, very much needed. I will be doing, going to a student practice. The students will be practicing on my teeth. <laughs> I know, a little scary, but I figure, you know what? Somebody's going to learn lots of stuff out of my mouth. <laughs> I just won't have to speak it. I was going to say, that's something I never want to have come out of my mouth, those words. <laughs> Other things that are happening is that somewhere in August, more than likely, I will be moving to Corvallis. Boo! <laughs> this is not a popular move with Tatiana. Nope. Uh, we will still get you your podcast on on time because we are committed to that. Oh, let me interject really quickly. Okay. We have changed our podcast day, so our yes. release day is different. Yeah, we're going to be doing this on Mondays now. We had to change things around because our schedules changed and stuff went haywire. And so now we're doing Mondays. Yeah. You blame Sylvia for that right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was my fault. It, it'll be mine in the future, I'm sure. But right now it's it's you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you caught us up on you? Yes. Okay, then I suppose we should move on to the, what is it, a god or a goddess this week? Goddess. All right. The goddess is Hoochie Foochie. I just love saying that. Hoochie Foochie. <laughs> Her title is she is the Ainu, which is a native or indigenous population in Japan and the Japanese deity of the hearth and tea. The description is there's actually nothing I could find describing Hoochie Foochie. Hmm. So there was only a couple of pictures that I could find of her. And one had her as fire coming out of the hearth. She had a kind of a stern look to her. 
that's the only one I can remember at this point. The duties are she's the guardian of the home and judge of domestic affairs. She's also the keeper of the gateway between the Kamui, which are the gods, the Kamui world, and the human world. Her lineage is there are actually three stories about her beginning. First one is she descended from heaven with the Kamui of thunder and lightning. She was born from the fire-making drill and is the sister of Hasana Uk Kamui. And the third is that she was born of an elm tree by the main originator, Kanda Koru Kamui. Stories. Her husband was seduced by a deity of fresh water, Waka Us Kamui. Kamui Huchi, which is Huchi Fuchi, then insults Waka Us Kamui and challenges her to a duel of sorcery. Waka Us Kamui agrees and gets her butt soundly kicked, hmm. as Huchi Fuchi is one of the most powerful Kamui. Her husband returned home thoroughly chastened. Interesting facts. Her Ainu full name is Apameru Koyanmat, Unameru Koyanmat, which means Rising Fire Sparks Woman or Rising Cinder Sparks Woman. She is so important that she never leaves her home in the hearth. And the highly ritualized Japanese tea ceremony is in part to honor her. Oh. Her symbols are teapots, cups, tea, fire, and light. Very cool. And now we have... Quote, unquote, superstition. Oh, quote, unquote, huh? Quote, unquote, because I thought I'd find more on this. Ultimately, I didn't. So it's very short today. Today is an apple a day keeps the doctor away. This is an aphorism originating first in Pembrokeshire, Wales, was published in 1866 as a rhyme. Eat an apple on going to bed and you'll keep the doctor from earning his bread. This turned up again in the 19th and 20th centuries as an apple a day, no doctor to pay, or an apple a day sends the doctor away. And now, first reported in 1913, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. Because of the crude medical practices of this time period, people particularly wanted to steer clear of doctors and therefore looked for any means to achieve this. I can imagine why, because there was no anesthetic. Yeah, really good point. I listened to another podcast and I've got to tell you every story that they tell that's from the 1800s mm -hmm. is horrific when it comes to medical stuff. Ooh. Oh, it's horrible. You can just, the minute they say 18 something and you're just like, oh no, no, no. Nope, nope, gonna be bad. It was an easy way to prevent these encounters. Today, the apple has become a symbol of health in the medical community, but no studies have been thoroughly done to validate this saying. The actual saying is relatively new, but the concept actually dates back to the Anglo-Saxon and Roman times. They recognized the healthy benefits of the apple in their diet. Around 1500 years ago in Asia, the traditional form of Ayurvedic medicine also saw the benefits of the apple in connection to health. Interesting. That's as far as I got with the quote unquote superstition. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have more on that, but that was all I could find. Up to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we move on to tea leaf reading. Save me from my disgrace, please move oh, on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so tea leaf reading is water and west. 
Tea leaf reading is also known as tassiography, tassiomancy, or less used, tassiology. There's a story about the discovery of tea. In 3000 BC, Emperor Shen Nung was sitting under a tea leaf tree drinking hot water. When some leaves fell into his water, he decided to drink it. Thus, he discovered tea. Ooh. Well, according to anthropologist theories, tea was discovered by prehistoric humans to be energy boosting, and so was useful for foraging and hunting. When fire came around, it would have been a matter of just throwing the leaves in the boiling water, which, if you make soup and stuff like that, you know, it's not a big jump to make throwing leaves in water. Right. The Shang Dynasty in China, which is 766 to 1050 BC, liked making medicine of their tea and put all sorts of herbs and bark in it, thus beginning the herbal healing traditions. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Later, in the Sichuan province, with the Zhou Dynasty, 1122 to 256 BC, they liked to drink their tea straight, preferring it that way to the herbal remedy style. I think I'd prefer it to the herbal remedy style, too. Some of that stuff is bitter. I was going to say, some of it, when you put roots and bark in, it's not nice. No. The Ming Dynasty, in 1368 to 1644 CE, saw the making of a new type of teacup, the Gaiwan. This is a cup with a saucer and a top that you could sip through to keep the tea leaves from getting out. I can see people naturally starting to imagine shapes and pictures in the tea leaves at that time. And tea leaf reading was done around that time. It started around that time. Mm -hmm. Tea leaf reading spread along tea trade routes as well as the Romani people having a large hand in its distribution. There have been some variations in the way different places have practiced this, so it's thought to have been an oral tradition rather than a written tradition. In the Victorian era, tassiomancy, or tea leaf reading, was called tossing cups, or throwing cups. <laughs> it was common for the lady of the house to toss cups for their servants at breakfast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just getting the wrong visual altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Are you imagining her throwing cups? At yes. The... Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to read the leaves yourself, you need loose leaf tea and not tea from tea bags which is too finely cut to actually provide the pictures that you need to do the divination. Oolong or gunpowder tea are really good choices. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could videotape what's going on in the background right now. We have a fish toy making noise because the cat played with it. Now he's run up the cat tree and is attacking my other cat. It is absolute chaos with the cats right now. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but it is actually kind of hilarious and pain in the neck, too. <clears throat> Not getting along. <laughs> they always do this when we're recording. Always. Always. They were all peaceful downstairs before. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. That's fine. Oolong or gunpowder tea are good choices. A teacup, not a mug. The leaves have a hard time sticking to the sides of a mug. And a saucer. Pick a teacup with a light inner surface so that you can see the leaves. Make a cup of tea, put the tea in it, steep it, drink it, but leave around a teaspoon of tea in the cup. Then swirl the cup in your left hand, put the saucer on top of the cup, then invert it, letting the tea drain away onto the saucer. Turn the cup back over from the right hand side. 
look at the pictures and the patterns that are in the cup. Now the handle of the teacup is often seen as the querent, and so the closer the pictures are to the handle, the more directly they affect the querent. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. The rim of the cup is the present, and the farther down into the cup... Hold on. Goodness. Hey. Enough, you two. The rim of the cup is present, and the farther down into the cup the picture goes, the farther into the future the predicted sign is. The bottom of the cup indicates the far future. I have picked out some signs and listed them so that you have a beginning to work off of. Keep in mind that this is only a guide, and that when you read you should go with your intuition before this guide. An acorn is continued health or improved health. An anchor is a lucky symbol, success in business or love. If blurry, then it's the opposite. Birds are good luck. If flying, good news comes from the direction it comes. If it rests, a fortunate journey. A bouquet, most lucky. Loyal friends, happy marriage, and or success. Broom, changes in life. Cat, beware of trouble caused by treachery. Circles or dots is money or gifts. If broken, to be received after some delay. Clover, like, you know, in a four-leaf clover. Mm-hmm. A favorable sign. Happiness and unusual prosperity. Coffin is news of death of a close friend. Alternately, dagger is favors from a close friend or close friends. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing. I would have never pulled that from a dagger. No, but a bump. <laughs> a dog, faithful friends. Dragon, sudden changes. Feather, good news of distinct Bad news if cloudy. Gun. Discord. Slander. Possibly serious injuries to oneself or a close friend. Heavenly bodies. Sun, moon, and stars. Good luck. Great happiness and success. Pyramid. Peace, happiness, and plenty. A rose. Good fortune. Triangles. Unexpected good fortune. Wheel. Unexpected gift. Worms. Secret enemies are watching to interfere with success. Worms. I never would have considered worms. Right? Me neither. (laughs) But yeah, it was there. Alright. Now we go into pendulum dowsing. Tatiana. Yes. Pendulum dowsing, which is an earth and fire element. Definition. Anything that hangs down from a point of attachment and is free to swing. It is a noun stemming from the Latin word pedulus, meaning hanging down little bit of history. When thinking of pendulums, we may think of the pendulum of a clock, but history shows that it's not the first use of the pendulum since the clock first appeared in the 17th century. There is evidence that shows pendulums have been used for divining on a spiritual level back to Egypt and Rome. Pendulums over the ages, cultures, and religions have been used in different ways. Galileo first noticed the movement of a pendulum while watching a chandelier in a cathedral in 1588. Around 1602, he went on to study the phenomena and attempted connecting the pendulum as a timekeeping mechanism. He was not successful. However, in 1657, the Christian Huygens of the Netherlands did put together the first clock using Galileo's findings. 
the history of the discovery and uses of pendulums in the everyday sense can be found easily on the web. There's mm -hmm. tons of info. There's a lot less info about magical divining. Mm. Here are some uses that I did find. Healthcare and divination with pendulums have been used over the ages. They're used to locate an item or to answer yes-no questions. A pendulum is traditionally made from a crystal or gold ring hanging from either a gold chain or silk thread. Pendulums can be made of other materials just so long as it's not magnetic. Their direction of movement indicates the answer to the questions. In some cases, it will sing it, sing? <laughs> <laughs> sing. In some cases, it will swing in a circular direction, clockwise versus counterclockwise. In other cases, it may swing side to side, so north to south and east to west. Whichever way it chooses for the first part of the answer, say yes, for example, it will usually choose the exact opposite way for the second part of the answer, no, for example. I have found that for me, it swings side to side for yes and no, but circularly for I don't know, which I thought was interesting when I discovered that. Mm. Pendulum dowsing has numerous manners it can be used in, such as identifying allergies, rid negative energies from a room, find lost objects, to find water or energy lines. It is most commonly used for answering questions though. Divination dowsing relies upon your intuitive powers and your sixth sense. It is a receiver and a transmitter that connects a person to their higher power, angels, ancestors, and spiritual teachers. Some say that it is the equivalent of bringing your right and left brain together to work as one or combine the intuitive self with the rational self. Ultimately, using a pendulum requires an open mind and faith. Now, personally, I've heard a lot of people most frequently say, oh, your hand's moving it. Mm -hmm. Your hand is, your fingers are moving. You're swinging it the way you want it to swing. And yeah, sure, that can be true. Mm -hmm. And to some degree, it is true because we can't hold ourselves absolutely still. Yeah. still. However, I do believe that if you're holding yourself as still as possible, and you are allowing your energy to flow, that the pendulum is a piece that works off of intuitive knowing. Mm -hmm. It works off of energy and it works off of your energy. Mm -hmm. So if you know something subconsciously, the pendulum's going to work off of that subconscious knowledge. Yeah. And I mean, if you know it consciously, it'll do that too. So depending on where your brain's at, unfortunately, it will swing with what you know. But if you open yourself up to a question that you really don't know the answer to, or you don't think you know the answer to, it's going to pick up on your own intuition that maybe you weren't listening to yourself. It'll mm -hmm. kind of give you a confirmation. So I think a pendulum in my eyes is more of a confirmation than a divination from somewhere else. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's just how I see it. I'm sure there are many different interpretations about it. The how-to. A question often asked is, how do I pick a pendulum? The manners I was taught in, I believe, are the most common ways, and they are as follow. 
The first one is if the pendulums are hanging in a group in a store, which is often how you'll see them, you'll want to stand in front of them very still. Wait for one of them to begin swinging more so than the rest, whilst concentrating on asking which one is meant for you. The pendulum that is most noticeable is likely to be the one for you. Once you've decided which one it is, I recommend working with it in the store for a little bit before purchasing it. Another way is that works is holding a pendulum in your hand with your eyes closed. Focus your energy into it. Talk to it. Then holding the cord between your thumb and your forefinger over the palm of your non-dominant hand, ask the pendulum which way it will swing for yes and which way it will swing for no. Once you have established this, then ask the pendulum if this is the right one for you. Now that's an example right there of a question you wouldn't know an answer to, Mm -hmm. but it's going to intuit off of your subconscious. Okay. Now the third way to do this is that you can combine the two methods, which is something that I recommend doing. Mm -hmm. Start with the first method that I mentioned and then move on to the second. Okay. Two-step process. Don't worry too much about what the pendulum is made of unless you really have an affinity or an aversion to a particular material. The most important thing is to feel the connection. I believe pendulums can have different specific uses, so having more than one isn't uncommon. A quartz crystal, the most common type, represents clarity and connection to higher powers. Rose quartz has a connection to friendship and a calming energy and can be used to ask questions about those things. Even though, despite those having their specific meanings, they can also be used just for universal questions. They don't have to be about a particular subject matter. So you don't have to own 20. You can just have one that will answer anything. The type of material has its own energy and meaning, and that may be helpful when knowing, you know, what to choose. Mm -hmm. Cleansing. Like any other tool, a pendulum needs cleansing. You can cleanse it like you would other gemstones. You can also place it under the sun on a windowsill for a day or so, so that it can catch the ray's energies, or under a full moon. After it's cleansed, you'll want to connect with it by imbibing it with your energy. You do this by holding it in your hands for about 5 to 15 minutes with your eyes closed, visualizing your energy flowing into it. Work with your pendulum as often as possible. To store it, you can wrap it in a silk cloth or place it in white sage and then keep it in an appropriate bag or wooden box. Is a pendulum for you? If you still aren't sure a pendulum is for you, then you can try it out by making your own before purchasing a fancy one. All you need is a key, a glass bead, or as said earlier, even a ring at the end of a simple cord or chain might do. Practice by holding your hand very steady over the palm of your non-dominant hand and ask some simple yes-no questions like, is my name dot dot dot, do I live dot dot dot. Trust me, you'll know if it's working. If it only swings slightly, you can ask it to move stronger or more clearly and wait for it to do so. It may take some time for your connection to develop and your energies to meld. So give it that time. Mm-hmm some difficulties you might run into. You may run into difficulties, especially in the beginning. And this can be for various reasons, such as impatience, 
<laughs> well, also, the room or place you're in may have too many high vibrational frequencies occurring. So that could definitely mess you know, with it. Mess with it. Perhaps you're working with it when you're distracted, irritated, or tired. Or the question isn't clear or phrased properly. Now, I find in that case, that's when my pendulum will say, I don't know. Mm. It's like if the question isn't clear enough, it's just not going to, it, it doesn't know what to work off of. Yeah. You might be asking too many questions within one question. Mm. And it's like, I don't know what you're asking me. Those are just a few possibilities. And there you have it. A brief down low on pendulum magic. There is so much more out there. Mm, yeah. So you going to go out and buy a pendulum? I already have several. Oh, how many? I think I have two. You have two? I have I have two or three okay. at this point. I think the one I use most is the very first one I got, which is mm. um, just the uh, quartz crystal. Okay. It's cool. It's got a unique little device where it has metal that hangs and loops over the finger so you're not having to hold it between your thumb and forefinger oh it's really quite handy it just hangs off of your forefinger oh nice yeah i like that now we have the tarot yay today we have the ten of swords it would seem you've lost your hope don't see a way forward have given up and feel lost and alone the tools you once had are broken and used up, and you no longer feel protected. But is this merely a misconception? If you're feeling down like the person in this card, just take a look around and see that you still have a way out. Also, you are not alone. You have trusted friends by your side, ready and waiting to be there for you when you are prepared to move on. As my oh. cat moves on through <laughs> our podcast, knocking the microphone... Okay, let's see if we can move. No, 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 no. All right, just stay there, baby. Stay, stay there. <laughs> She's not going to stay there. What is she doing? Hold on, guys. And we're moving through again. Keep going. <laughs> All right, we're almost done. Come on, give us a break. All right, back to the tarot, the second part of the tarot. As per this podcast, it suggests this might be a time where you need to ground yourself, take a breather, reassess your situation, and find out what tools you do have around you. Check in with your emotions and see how they counter your knowledge. Is there balance or have you lost your footing? Are you at odds with yourself? Reach out and ask for help and surrender the control you thought you had. It's a good time to let go and move on. Look to your intuition and have faith that it, this too shall get better. Please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. Also, come join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to have you. I'm Tatiana, saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia, saying so long, and thank you for writing with us. This has been Powered, Powered by, by Magic. Magic. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you so much. We had so much fun with you. Have a good one.